0: Well, happy Selection Sunday, folks. We give our final predictions for who's going to be the top two seeds. And what does Marcus Sasser's injury mean for the Houston Cougars? Let's get into it. You are Locked On College Basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up? Welcome to the Locked On College Basketball Podcast, a five times per week national college hoop show, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're your co-hosts. I'm Andy Patton. He's isaac shade and folks it is a national holiday in the hearts and minds of college basketball junkies like us happy selection sunday we are so excited to get an opportunity to speak to you about our predictions our projections for how this day might shake out later this afternoon when we find out where everybody is going to be dancing we're going to talk about our predictions for who's going to be the one seeds who's going to be the two seeds we're recording this minutes not barely minutes. After the Pac-12 championship, Arizona upsetting UCLA. What does that mean? What does Marcus Sasser's injury mean for Houston? We're going to talk about why the bubble teams are so happy after today. And we're going to close out the show projecting the games that are happening today. The Big Ten championship, SEC championship, AAC championship. Isaac, we got a whole bunch of stuff to get to, and it's not even Selection Sunday yet. Let's start talking about Marcus Sasser's injury. I'm curious. We don't have a lot of details at this point. We know it was a groin injury. He sat out for the rest of the game for, for Houston. It didn't matter for them. They absolutely boat raced and are moving to the championship. They're gonna face Houston or excuse me, they're gonna face Memphis no, today. No. That's a tough matchup for them, an even tougher matchup
1: without without Marcus Sasser. What are your thoughts here? My thoughts are, well, first off, Andy, for those watching, my hair is like dripping wet right now. I had to take a shower because of all the nervous exci- No, I'm just kidding. I sat around watching basketball all Saturday and I had to work out because I felt like I hadn't done anything. And uh, anyway, if here's the thing on on I so many injuries, Andy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So many injuries. So many. Um, if I'm Kelvin Sampson, I don't care if Marcus Sasser tells me that he's 137% healthy. I am not playing him against yeah. Memphis. Yeah. I think that Houston could probably take a loss and still be a the one seed, like the mm-hmm. maybe the fourth one. Mm-hmm. Um, but part of it is listen, UCLA lost,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Kansas lost, yeah. Alabama could lose as well. Like we yeah. might see a majority of these one seeds, uh, mm-hmm. probable one seeds anyway, go down. Purdue could lose as well. So yeah. Um, we're waiting to see. That's the most unlikely because what up, Penn State? <laughs> right. If I'm Kelvin Sampson, what what would you rather risk? Longer term injury to Marcus Sasser, mm-hmm. or dealing with being a two seed?
0: Yeah, I think I'd rather go into the NCAA tournament as the top two seed with Marcus Sasser. I think Absolutely. I think that's preferred. It has to be preferred. The the even if it's a slight chance. The chance of playing Sasser, having him re-aggravate his injury, hey, if that happens early in the game, you still might end up playing an entire game or most of a game against a good Memphis team without Marcus Sasser, and now you have no idea if you're going to have him going forward. That's the biggest fear. If you're Kelvin Sampson, you start him in that game, he plays, he gets hurt. The selection committee now doesn't know whether he's going to play. Like, It's a pretty big risk. I think sitting him out is the safer play. But it's really hard to beat a team three, t- three times in a season, any team, and it's going to be really hard That's for true. Houston to beat Memphis a third time. Like, And a loss here, like you said, other teams have lost, but Houston's resume is always going to be a little bit more precarious because of their conference schedule. And if they take a the loss here, there's a chance that it bumps them down to a two seed. They have
1: to be willing to accept that, and I think that they will be. Because if you're as good as you think you are, mm-hmm. I don't care if I'm the three or four or seven yeah, seed. Totally. I'm just going to go out and beat whoever's right in front of me. Yep. And whether I'm, I, I know the there are, you know, the probability of winning goes down the lower mm-hmm. number your seed, or the, I guess the higher number your seed is, if mm-hmm. we're going by seed number. Mm-hmm. Um, but one to two were equivalent, because they will not. They will not fa- even like if they get blown out by Memphis by 347 points, right? They will still be one of the top two seeds. Like yeah. they will not fall farther than that. And so, mm-hmm. as we've said, j- just if you're Kelvin Sampson, do not risk it. Take as much time as you can to let this groin injury heal. You yeah. want to get that lateral movement back. That's so important to what he does, especially defensively. Yeah. So, that's what they need to do. Andy, Big 12 championship, another exciting one. We just talked about the Pac-12 championship mm-hmm. and how electric that was. We at least mentioned it, <laughs> the Big 12 championship. Andy, if you had told me preseason, the the Big 12 championship game is between Kansas and Texas, I would have been like, cool. I, I would have thought Baylor might have been there, but that makes a ton of sense. But if you had said preseason, hey, uh, the Big 12 championship is going to be a battle between head coaches Norm Roberts and Rodney Terry, I would have been quite frankly confused because yeah, neither right. of them is a head coach. yeah, but here we go and uh, you know with with coach Bill Self, and again, we're continuing to to hope the best for his health of course. Um, and, and obviously with the Chris beard stuff that happened that mm. season, these are the two guys at the head of right. Kansas in Texas right now. Um, and listen, we had had this conversation what what do we do with Texas if they beat Kansas in the championship game? and that's exactly what they did, racking mm. up. More quad, more high level quad one wins. I don't, I don't see because Kansas isn't going to fall off the one line. Their resume is too great. Texas, especially with UCLA going down, yeah, I think they might have to be the fourth number one seed. I'm with you. I, I think, I think they are, and I, and their resume is
0: there i mean it's close they have eight quad one losses which certainly looks bad they have zero quad two zero quad three zero quad four all of their losses are quad one and oh by the way they got 13 wins 13 quad one wins the only team with more quad one wins the team they just beat (laughs) it's not surprising that it's kansas Uh, so for me yeah texas they have some flaws i think it's easy to to notice the three-point shooting isn't always there the low post presence isn't necessarily there but To me, especially with UCLA losing, I think UCLA had that final spot, but they dropped that game to Arizona. It was a close game. UCLA, quite honestly, felt like they were going to win for 32 minutes of that (laughs) game. Uh, A a little late game comeback for Arizona, some foul issues. But UCLA hung tough in that game without Adembona, without, of course, Jalen Clark. Nice performance from them. Don't want to knock them too much. But when you're talking about the difference between a one seed and a two seed, it's this big.
1: We, we got yeah. Those are the big. hairs we got to split.
0: Yep. Exactly. That's exactly what you got to start talking about. And at this point, I think two Big Twelve teams are probably going to be on the one seed. And, and of course, we're we're talking about this before Alabama plays and before Houston plays. That's going to make a huge difference. And Purdue. And Purdue, Houston, Purdue, yeah, and Purdue is going to, going to be a factor in there as well. So it's going to be tight. I right now, as of this conversation, have Texas as the final one seed.
1: Okay. Well, then give
0: me all of. Let me hear your ones and your twos. Let's do it. All right. I, Alabama and Houston, of course, again, kind of depending. I think Alabama probably stays as a one-seat even if they lose to Texas A&M. Houston, we kind of already discussed. They're in a bit more of a precarious position. Kansas is still a one-seat to me. 17 quad one wins is ludicrous, even if they have struggled a little bit down the stretch. Texas, I just mentioned. UCLA is the top two-seat. I, I flip-flopped between those two a lot, uh, and I think UCLA could climb in if there's a loss for Houston. Uh, Purdue, I still have there again, depending on how they do against Penn State. We're expecting a win there. If they do not win there, that could change the conversation around them fairly significantly. Arizona stays as a two seed. They definitely earned it after beating UCLA in the Pac-12 championship. And then Marquette. Marquette, a really dominant win over Xavier in the Big East Tournament championship. First time. Marquette has won a Big East championship. In fact, the first time that a Big East championship has been won by a team that wasn't an original member of the Big East. They did the huge realignment. They added Creighton. They added Marquette. None of those teams had won until this year. Shout out to Marquette. Shaka Smart uh, doing a fantastic job, and I think that team deserves to be on the two line as well.
1: It has been something to behold. Andy, I think literally the only thing I would switch Mm -hmm. is given UCLA losing to Arizona, given Mm -hmm. the Jalen Clark injury. Mm-hmm. Um a Dembona being out, Jaime Hawkes was kind of banged up. He tweaked his ankle mm-hmm. a little bit. I if Purdue wins, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if the committee moved them to the fifth over to the number one, the like yeah. the top two seed, excuse me, and mm-hmm. bumped UCLA down. But I mean again, we're just we're just splitting hairs, splitting hairs at that point. Or you know, with Arizona winning, if Purdue loses, I also wouldn't be shocked to see them flip-flop as well and Arizona mm-hmm. move up to six overall. Or, uh, yeah, six overall. Mm-hmm. So And then really, I mean, it seems like a pretty clear-cut top eight, though, I, at this point to me, whatever mm-hmm. order you want to have them in. The only team I feel outside of that that even might have an, an argument or part of the conversation might be Gonzaga mm-hmm. uh, with what they've done lately. But it feels like a pretty clear and defined yeah. top eight. And, and so while I, I'm really curious to see what happens with all the movement in these top two lines, out like at the macro level, those eight to me are pretty dialed in. Well, Andy, what a crazy year we've had in college basketball, topsy turvy stuff all over the place, lots of parody. And yet somehow we do not end up with a single bid stealer in the entire championship week or championship fortnight. I guess we should say with several of them being last week, how on earth does that happen? And what does it mean for the bubble? Well, we'll talk about that in just a second. But first, this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. The Built Bar March Madness bracket is here. We know that you have a favorite bar or puff and now's the time to make it count. Go to builtmarchmadness.com to vote for your favorites. I'm going to be voting for the churro bar because that thing's awesome. And if you want your favorite team to win, then you'll be voting for one, to Support your team and support your bar or puff, Johnson. And when you vote for your favorite <laughs> bar or puff, you will be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky locked on listeners will get a free box of built. Whoa. Not only that, but one locked on fan will receive an entire year's subscription to Built to Have Built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. You got to try Built the best protein bar ever. They're so amazing. You won't even think it's good for you, but part of why it's so tasty is cuz it's covered in 100% real chocolate. So, go to BiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and Pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March. So hop on and support your pick. Built Bar, a proud sponsor of the Locked On Network. Folks, grab your bracket, which you'll pick up later today. Go listen to the Locked On College Basketball Bracket Breakdown. National analysis and the insights from our local experts. Our bracket breakdown has everything you need to make the most informed decisions on your Bracket. Andy and I are going to have great stuff for you there. Find the episode on Locked On College Basketball on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts because we're going to be recording about 873 (laughs) podcasts in the next couple days. So Andy, let's get to the bubble now that we've looked at the top couple lines. Who's in and who's out? Perhaps the best way I can phrase it. When Greg Gumble starts rattling stuff, is it Brian? I forget. One of the Gumble brothers starts rattling stuff off on Sunday night. Who's going to hear their name called? Who's going to be left disappointed because they're headed to the NIT? And as we talked about, there are no bid thieves, so all these teams on the bubble can feel pretty safely knowing that FAU beat UAB in this Conference USA championship game. Memphis crushed Tulane. So Memphis and Houston are both safely in the tournament. So that AAC championship game can't be a bid thief. The A-10 is a one-bid league. The Ivy League is a one-bid league. Both SEC teams in the championship game are already in. Both Big Ten teams in the championship game are already in. There are no chances for a bid thief left. So Andy, who should feel good about being included in this year's Field of 68?
0: I think a lot of teams, quite honestly, are, are, are feeling a little bit better seeing FAU beat UAB. I think that was a game that a lot of that was the one yep. state fans were paying attention to. Oklahoma State fans were paying attention to. Uh, you know, a lot of teams that are kind of that are already done, have lost their final game, are just kind of sweating for the next <laughs> couple of days. I think hopefully there's a little bit less perspiration after after the the FAU win in particular. Uh, again, the A10 has often been a bid stealing team. We got Dayton versus VCU, two good teams. One of them's going to the NCAA tournament. One of them's not. There's no mystery there. There's no secret. That's, that's weird, so man. It's weird to just have one A-10 team. Yeah, it's unusual. It wasn't a great year for the A-10. Um, I think, I mean, obviously the team that should feel the best based on results on Saturday is Penn State. <laughs> Penn State is no longer a bubble team. No. Is, they're, I mean, they are they are not on the bubble. They, I think really, that was
1: true even before Saturday. I think
0: it was true even before that, but now it is, it is stamped. Rubber stamped, boom. They are in the big dance they beat Purdue, they're just moving up the seed line. If they lose to Purdue, they're still going to be happy to see their team show up at some point uh, on Sunday. Uh, they've won eight of their last nine games. And, yeah, they've all been close. But what have we been talking about every day we talk about the bubble on the show, Isaac? Just win games. Yes, You just got to win. It doesn't matter by if it's by 1 or 10 or 50. You just got to win the basketball games. So many teams that were on the bubble had the opportunities to do that. Wisconsin could have done it. Michigan could have done it. Oregon could have done it. They didn't. They lost games that they should have won, or they lost games that they needed to win in order to advance. Penn State didn't. They kept winning, and now here they are. They're still playing basketball. And guess what? Next week, they're still going to be playing basketball. The other team is Utah State. I think Utah State's still in, and I think they're a winner, even though they lost to San Diego State. And part of that is because Utah State has a fantastic resume. They are 18th in the net, Isaac. 18th in the net. I, I believe. I believe that the lowest team at large team to not make it was like 32nd or something in, in net history. There's no way you leave Utah state out. I get it. They're a mid-major team, but this is, they deserve to be in the field. The San Diego state's a good team. San Diego state might've bumped themselves a seed line uh, the mountain West doesn't have a great history of performing well in the NCAA tournament. Perhaps Utah state or San Diego state could change that. But I think that the Aggies are still in a good spot to make the field of 68, even after losing on Saturday.
1: Well, and it's funny because we talked about how weird it is for the A-10 to be a, a one-bit mm-hmm. league this year where the Mountain West is probably going to have three when we look. four, it. yeah, perhaps. We're maybe even four. And so um, pretty, pretty interesting stuff there. Congrats to the Mountain West mm-hmm. on a great season. Um, a, as far as who's out, Andy, on the other side of it, like you hate it because they had such a good run. We, we mm-hmm. talked about them a, a couple times, each of these last couple shows. Yeah. But Mandy – um. Oh, they they just ran out of fuel, yeah. and Texas A and M put together some sort of first half yeah. on Saturday. And uh, Jerry Stackhouse and company, great run. Love what they've done. Enjoy the NIT. I mean that that's yeah. unfortunately where we're out. It, interested to see what this means um, for for Vanderbilt going forward. You know, I mean mm-hmm. it's it's a tough place to win consistently. Mm-hmm. Um what what will it mean for Jerry Stackhouse what will it mean for the transfer portal he's one of the great offensive minds in this game frankly yeah. because he's one of the best offensive players yeah. we've seen in college basketball history so um but Andy I think it would be we would be remiss to get out of a bubble conversation with look without looking at the two teams that we think are right on the fringe mm-hmm. right now I think you and I are both of the mind that Arizona State is that last team yeah. in the, and and not with a buy, the last team in that would be going off to Dayton. And that yeah. Oklahoma State is on the wrong, just that one team on the wrong side of the cut line. If mm-hmm. you were a, a selection committee member, which one of those teams would you have in and which one would you have out?
0: It's awfully close. I mean, it's, it's awfully close. I, I think Oklahoma State is much higher in the net rankings. I know some people take the net rankings more seriously than other six and 12 in quad one games for Oklahoma State, they also have two quad two losses. They also have a quad three loss. Quite honestly, they just have a lot of losses. That's the <laughs> issue with Oklahoma State's resume. They have fifteen losses. Now Arizona State, not a fantastic team by any stretch of the imagination. They also have twelve losses. They play in a less competitive conference. Not really I'm trashing the Pac twelve a little bit, but mostly just the Big Twelve is insane uh, for Arizona State. Five and six in quad one games. So you have a losing record. Quad one losing record in quad two. 13-1, and one, quad 3-4. and four. It's tough. It's tough. Right. I think I lean Arizona State, but there's a pretty compelling argument for both. Um, I think Arizona State, they, they got that big win over Arizona. We've seen them have put together some really nice wins in the regular season outside of that. They also got absolutely obliterated by the University of San Francisco earlier in the season and have had some kind of questionably bad games. At the end of the day, when you're talking about the two teams right on the fringe of making the NCAA tournament, it's pretty easy to poke, poke holes in their resumes. But uh, give me Arizona State just barely over Oklahoma State.
1: And just like, I'm kind of torn as well. So let me make the argument for Oklahoma State since you went the other way. Like, I know I know the net is not a, a ranking thing. Right. Like, that's not the goal. It's a sorting tool is what the, the, mm-hmm. the verbiage they use. But... Oklahoma state, as of the time we record this, it'll, it'll shift obviously on Sunday morning, but is 43rd right now. And Arizona state is 66th. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then on top of that, as you look at the quads, they both have a loss in quad three and four, but for Oklahoma state, it's a quad three loss for Arizona state. It's that quad four loss. And so uh, as we get back to splitting hairs, like we were saying, It's things like that, that might make the difference in sorting. And so uh, it'll be really interesting. We obviously are going to, we have a whole list of bubble teams for all our shows tomorrow that we are keeping our eyes on to see what happens with them.
0: Well, Isaac, three potential number one seeds probably more like two, but maybe three, (laughs) are all playing in conference championships on Sunday. We're going to give you our predictions for these games and what they might mean for Selection Sunday because we are assuming the Selection Sunday crew will take these games into account. Uh, Before we get to that, though, today's episode of the Locked On College Basketball Podcast is brought to you by FanDuel. The NCAA tournament is here and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no sweat first bet of up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Make sure you check out all of the fantastic possibilities to bet on as the NCAA tournament tips off on Thursday. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, Isaac, SEC, Big Ten, AAC, all three still – championships coming up on sunday before we get to of course the biggest news of the day on sunday selection sunday uh, we also have the ivy league as we mentioned we have the a10 uh, but the big story here is going to be the alabama game they're playing texas a&m purdue of course playing penn state and then houston and memphis the one seat and the two seed in the american let's start with the sec because <laughs> it just means more right <laughs> <laughs> um Alabama Texas AM, and the one seed the two seed again so much of the SEC conversation this year has been around Kentucky and Tennessee and Auburn and Arkansas and Alabama and I feel like Texas A&M and, and let me know if you disagree but I feel like they've gotten a lot less love in the SEC as compared to those other teams but here they are they were the two seed neither of us projected them to be in the championship game and yet here they are here they are playing for the championship <laughs> no game.
1: I have I think you're absolutely right. I don't think Texas A&M has had enough love all year. And so here, mm-hmm. let's stop and say, gig them as the <laughs> Aggies do, because as we said, man, they took mm-hmm. care of business against a Vanderbilt team. That's been playing very, very well. Speaking of mm-hmm. which, um, the, you know, you just, we just had our FanDuel read there. Uh, FanDuel has this game, Alabama minus four and a half. Okay. Interesting. I, I was really curious to see how they would, um, handicap that, mm-hmm. um, little bigger than maybe I thought. yeah. Uh, But with with the way Alabama's looked in these two SEC tournament games, Mm -hmm. I guess uh, maybe it's not all that shocking after all. Mm -hmm. I I just think that Alabama has – I think they've got this internal thing going on right now where they didn't look too dominant for the majority of Saturday, but then they just pulled away late. And I think they've got this internal thing right now where they're like, hey, the entire – nation outside of Tuscaloosa Mm -hmm. is talking about how like things weren't handled well Mm -hmm. and and you and I agree with that right however what does that do for a team you circle the wagons and you say this is just about us let's go out and prove them wrong Mm -hmm. how do we best do that by letting our game speak for itself and while again we don't think that Alabama handled the Brandon Miller stuff well Mm -hmm. It can make a difference in how they play, and it seems to have done so once they had a little bit of a reset after the regular season.
0: Agreed. Want to talk about Big Ten as well. Purdue, Penn State, the only matchup that we're talking about on Sunday that's not one versus two. It's one versus ten. Nittany <laughs> Lions, what a run. Micah Shrews, very fantastic job that they have done this season. Now, Purdue won both the regular season games. And it wasn't particularly close. They won the first one by 13. They won the second one by 20. Uh, I'm not sure. Like Penn State has a lot of stuff going for them. Obviously, Pickett is a fantastic young guard. But I don't think they're a great matchup for Purdue. We've seen that in the regular season. Of course, this team is kind of a team of destiny. They've been playing really well lately. Purdue rebounded and, and played well in the Big Ten tournament, but has kind of scuffled as of late. So there's a bit of a momentum shift here that could potentially lead to what would be a very big upset, although I don't know how much... This game would move. It would probably give Penn State an extra bump uh, on the seed line, which I'm sure they could use for Purdue. I think they probably still say a two seed, even if they lose here, although that's a conversation we could potentially have. But for me, I I don't think it's going to matter all that much because I think Purdue is going to win again. And I think they're going to win the Big Ten championship. And I think that they throughout the season, despite some ups and downs, they were the best team in the Big Ten this year. So this is probably deserved.
1: And I think of the three biggest games on Sunday, I think this one matters the least, right? Like, because I think Alabama is playing for the number one overall. I think Mm -hmm. Houston is trying to prove that whether or not we have Marcus Sasser, we're going to be great. Mm -hmm. And that if Alabama loses and with Kansas losing, if Houston Mm -hmm. wins, it's like, Hey, maybe we could be number one overall. So I think this game has the least at stake of the three. And Mm -hmm. so that makes me wonder, like, what kind of mindset Purdue comes out with. Like yeah. all due respect to Penn state, this would, I really wish this was Purdue in Indiana again. Yeah. Like trace Jackson Davis was, I believe three assists shy of a triple double in, in the last <laughs> of Penn state on side. Just, I would love to see these two teams match up one more time, but Hey, way to go Penn state. Um, I just think it's it's got to fall apart here. They've played so many games yeah. in a row here. Um, this game produced favored by five and a half. I th- I frankly thought it would have been bigger than that. Yeah, that's, but, a, that's um, small. Yeah, give me give me the Boilermakers uh-huh. in this one. And then, uh, as we said, then we'll also have the AAC game, Houston and Memphis, the one and two seed. And uh, as we've already talked about, do you play Marcus Sasser or do you not? We've already kind of given our thoughts on that. Mm-hmm. Andy, you said it is very difficult to beat a team three times in a row, even if it's a Penny Hardaway coached team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Are,
0: and I, I agree with that. I mean, Memphis is a top 40 team offensively. They're a top 40 team defensively as well. 33rd and 37th in Ken Palm, as we're talking right now. Uh, Houston kind of played they, they both their regular season games against Memphis were very late, so they have played them pretty recently which I don't know how I feel. I don't know if that helps them or hurts them quite honestly. Yeah. Uh, it's similar Gonzaga had a same situation with St. Mary's where they played them three times and it was all kind of like within a month period of time. I think there's some some fatigue there. I remember uh, speaking on that game in particular, Drew Timmy had a comment where he basically said, we know what they're going to do. They know what we're going to do. We're just going to see who, who wants it more. <laughs> and like, I kind of, you know, as, as eloquent as Drew is when he speaks, I, I kind of agree with what he's saying. And I think that, Houston and, and Memphis, there are similar vibes there. It's similar, you know, both really good teams. Memphis is maybe not quite as good as those uh, those other three teams. But I think this is going to be a good matchup. I think it's going to be a rock fight. Uh, I think without Marcus Sasser, Houston is still very good. Jamal Shedd played really, really well. Uh, and, and I think they're still probably the favorites, and I think they should be the favorites, even if Sasser sits. But uh, I am definitely not counting out uh, Memphis in this one either.
1: Yeah, and uh, there's this dude in the middle named Walker or something like that. I've heard he's pretty good at basketball, so (laughs) we'll keep our eyes on that as well. By the way, I forgot to mention that, don't forget, A&M just beat Alabama in the regular season finale, and so that's another – Uh, For me, feather in the cap for the Crimson Tide, who are going to be looking for a little measure of revenge. Quick look at the final championship game of Saturday. Grand Canyon right now is up 18 on Southern Utah with 147 left. So I think we can go ahead and crown Grand Canyon, the winner of the WAC tournament, the five seed, punching their ticket to the dance. Congratulations to Grand Canyon. Well, folks. The next time we talk to you, we will have a bracket. We will be breaking it down. We'll give you our thoughts on who to pick, who to not pick, upsets, everything you could dream of. We'll be ready to chat about with it because it is the best time of the year. Please make sure to subscribe to the show on YouTube and anywhere else you get podcasts. Smash the like button, comment, leave some great reviews. But for now, apologies to the Lawyer family. And until we talk to you later on Sunday... Peace.